Welcome back. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to the Bet Online Salute to Troy show. It's your boy, Coach Rowe. I'm back. This time, New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm with the man of the hour, Ryan Dyru, Mr. LAFB himself. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you see what different face here. Phil decided to go in a different direction. We wish him the best. All is well. But Salute to Troy has to keep moving forward, and that's what we're going to do. So we got Ryan Daru stepping in. I'm kind of kind of like Stephen A. Smith when they lost Max Kellerman, but hopefully it's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> no Michael Irvin takes. So yes. <laughs> no Michael Irvin takes. Starting it off, man. Um, we lost a great. We lost a great in the Trojan family. We lost Anthony Davis. Uh, sorry, not Anthony Davis. Charles White. I apologize. <laughs> Just so many great running backs. We lost Charles White. I actually had an opportunity to meet him my freshman year. Um, they all came back for what's, uh, it's called salute to Troy. That's where I got the name of the show from. It's like a booster thing that happens before the season starts fireworks, everything. And Charles White came back my freshman year, got to me. And I was one of the great, he, he was there. Marcus Allen was there. I will say this, like if we were to rank all the running backs and me personally, in my opinion, I think Charles White would be number three, number four, because mm -hmm. he, because I will always I'll go OJ, Marcus Allen, Reggie Bush, and then Charles White is there, and then you have Anthony Davis. But then you also have a hard pressing argument for Sam Bam Cunningham, right? Mm -hmm. So this running back, you like, and all these numbers we're talking about are in the end zone, right? I think they even put Reggie's number back in there up there, right? It better be not sure. <laughs> so like all these numbers are in the end zone, like they Charles White is one of the I guess founding fathers of tailback you, which the SC had the name for. And I mean, he's, he was great. He will be missed. Um, legendary Trojan. Um, my prayers out to his family lost the battle with cancer. That all, that's always a terrible way to go, but yeah. Trojan you, you forever. Could, you could argue Alfred and, and thanks for having me on to yeah. selectively co-host here and there excited to the show goes on, right? The show goes on. Yeah. So, but you could argue that Charles White is in the conversation as just greatest Trojan of all time in terms of hardware and accolades and, and stats. I mean, it, it might be in terms of records they hold and hardware, it's kind of like him and Matt Leinart. So uh, truly a great, great running back, obviously finished his NFL career right back here in Los Angeles with the Rams. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, you know, thoughts and prayers and hearts goes out to the family there. Obviously that's tough. He was only what 64 years old. So way too young, yeah. but an absolute legend. And once a Trojan, always a Trojan. Greatest Trojan ever. I saw Jamal bring that up the other day. I love to have that conversation with him because there's a lot of Trojans. That there's a lot of good Trojans. <laughs> there's a, there's a Trojan, like who's technically the first African-American in Division One football, and he was SC's first uh, All-American, and he only had one hand. So <laughs> there's a lot there. We could walk on, like we should just go up there. They have they have all the All Americans on the wall. Like we could look at that wall and have a legit debate about who was the greatest Trojan because they're all on that wall. Like, but yeah. that that I mean, yeah, he could definitely go on there. But definitely moving forward, moving forward. Hey, so. Before we move forward, Ryan, I just want to let you know that I started taking Athletic Greens. That's this, this right here. 
I started a job and I have to be on the job site at 5 30 in the morning. So I wake up at 4 15, rushing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Rushing. At least I get off at two, rushing. I stop eating breakfast and I'm a big breakfast guy. And I started to feel myself really hungry by like nine o'clock in the morning and lagging and trying to get through my day. So I decided to take athletic greens. Not only does it give me energy, it keeps me full and it's a, it's a good meal replacement to have. Um, it also keeps me regular if you wanted to know that, but I don't think you did, but neither here nor there. Like it's, it's something that I could put in my stomach on my body that I know gets me through that wall. And now when it's about nine o'clock, I'm pushing through the day with no problem ever since I started taking athletic greens. <clears throat> athletic greens is so great. Athletic greens decided to make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free year of immune system, vitamin D five free travel packs, with your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com salute to Troy. Again, that's at athleticgreens.com backslash salute to Troy. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The best. I love it because yeah. we all got we all got AG1. So it's like we actually <laughs> yeah. use it and it's, yeah. it's legit. And it legit comes in this bottle. You fill it up to the 12 and you shake it and you just go. There you go. Good to go. So it's great. So there you go. Moving forward, let's let's review this year. Let's review this year. Now, a lot will say <clears throat> this year was a disappointment. A lot mm -hmm. will say they fell. SC fell short. Mm -hmm. A lot will say they should have been in the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. I disagree with all those. I think they did everything that they were supposed to do this year with this hire. In fact, I think they were ahead of schedule. Early in the show last year when we talked, I predicted them to win about eight games, right? I didn't – I underestimated Caleb Williams. I underestimated Lincoln Riley as a play caller. Mm -hmm. As the season went on and it started to happen, you're like, okay. But you all – and I always – and we always have this talk. And we have this talk when we did the crossover show, when we did the victory veil. I said, SC's not ready to go to a playoff, right? Mm -hmm. People were complaining about the TCU game. What happens if SC would have been in that game, right? Like, it would have been more points, but it would have been 48-65, right? Because there was a lot of holes to fill. Looking yeah, back at the season, scored, though. They would have at least scored. Yeah, SC, yeah, yeah. No doubt. They would have scored. I, I don't doubt that. <clears throat> Looking back at the season, I think they were ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. But here's the plus. With the transfer portal... They don't have to reload with recruiting, and I'm I'm kind of noticing what what they're doing. They're building and reloading, right? They're kind of using they're using transfers to replace, but they're also picking up kids that are in the top of the recruiting class now mm -hmm. from home and trying to develop. Here's the hardest thing that you have to deal with that though, keeping them there. So how do you? Tell a kid, like, all right, you just have to wait now because now kids don't want to wait. Yep. How do you – I mean – Yeah, yeah, Fred, gone are the days of, yeah. of Cody Kessler sitting for two to three years before he got his shot. Or it's like you start now or they're moving on. <laughs> right. Quick. So, yeah, like Matt Liner, right? Matt Liner waited behind Carson Palmer. Mark Sanchez, John David Booty, they all waited. Like at, back then being a quarterback is waiting. I mean – Dwayne Jared didn't really wait. Patrick Turner had to wait because he got there and 
Dwayne Jarrett was a guy and Steve Smith was a guy, and then he got to he got his opportunity. Everybody got their opportunity. Fred Davis had a weight behind Dominique Bird, and these are all guys like <clears throat> before me and while I was there. So like waiting is gone. How do you keep a freshman happy with transfers and keep the ball rolling? That is the biggest question. And I think any coach that understands that with this transfer portal game becomes very successful. And I will say this, though. <clears throat> Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, two, three transfers a year. Winning solves a transfer problem, right? Yeah, I was just going to say so, that, yeah. <laughs> so if, we, if, 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 if the Trojans get to winning, which they did, right? They won, what, 12 games? They won 11. 11. Yeah, yeah. 11, right. They won 11 games. They, that's a very good team. And and I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, well, are the Trojans going to win the national championship? They only have 11 over a span of time. They don't have an immediate 11, right? They have a couple from the 70s, a couple from the 80s, a couple from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. College football is not really about winning the national championship. Look at Penn State. Penn State is still considered a blue blood and a great team. All they have to do is win 11 games. SC is <laughs> kind of the same way. Win a national championship every now and then, but stay in the forefront and stay uber competitive, not just uh, eight and four competitive, like stay really, really competitive and playing big bowl games. And kids will play there, and that's what the fan base wants to see, right? And I think they're on that path. Yeah, I mean, I think that the standard has to be – I mean, I didn't go to SC. I don't know if anyone knows that, but I so people that went there and maybe yourself included would disagree. But I would say the I would standard, there look. Oh, that's me. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know it's a great picture. Um, SC was just at Poly today recruiting. I don't know if you saw that, but they were just at Poly today. Uh, they were the re- recruiting visit. Yeah, um, but I, I think the standard, the the bare minimum standard, is competing for. Now it's going to be Big Ten, but competing for conference titles every year. Like they should be in the conversation in the final week of the season of playing in that conference championship. That's the bare minimum. And then after that, it's they should be in the conversation for the playoff. Now that it's 12 teams, they especially should be in it. But I don't think, I think it's unrealistic to say they should win it every year. They should be competing for it every year. And everyone needs to understand that just like, I mean, Alabama hasn't won it now for a few years and Clemson had a nice run, but they haven't been in it now for a few years and LSU had a win and then they dropped to six and six the following year. And, you know, it's Georgia's one, two straight. We'll see how long they can, they can withstand this dynasty now they've created. So I think as long as SC's in that conference championship game or, or talks every single year, then that's what Lincoln Riley's brought. But then obviously during his tenure for him to go down as one of the greatest ever, they're going to have to win one. I mean, that's going to have to happen, but you know, there's still time to do that. And to go back really quick before going back to you, Alfred, for me, just going back to how you said about the season and how someone would say disappointing and you think it's ahead of schedule, I completely agree with you. The only thing that felt disappointing about the season at all to me was losing to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. I think if they had, if they had won that game and got a New Year's Six win, way ahead of schedule because no one expected a New Year's Six Bowl game in year one. But after what they went through and what they did – and then being up 15 points and losing in the final four and a half minutes to Tulane, that's where it was like, ah. But I, I, that's at a microscope. At a macro level, they're ahead of schedule still. Right. No, 100%. And that was one of the issues that they struggled with the year prior. Like, they couldn't finish games and they can't – you know what I mean? Like That was one of the 
issues with the defense. I mean, relaying into that, but before we get in that, Ryan, I want to tell you something. My cousin had another betting website. They locked him out. I sent locked them to bet online. They locked him out. Couldn't get it. His money is still in there and everything. I sent them to bet online, gave him the promo code believe. And this was at about a couple of weeks ago, gave him promo code believe. He's now on bet online and he got the match. So he put his money in, got the 50 cent match, 50% match on the welcome nice. bonus. He's actually been doing good. And He's he's still using the fifty percent match money because he's been winning a little bit. So if you want that same opportunity, go to Bet Online, BetOnline.ag, put the promo code in believe that's B E L A V E, and you get fifty percent. So, yep, a lot of good things are happening, and it's playoff time. So, don't put your money on the Cowboys. (laughs) Play some parlays. That's what I stick to the parlays. Low money, high rewards. There you go. So. There's an issue with the defense, and yep. I, rem- the I remember. <laughs> I remember early, early, early. Um, I was actually looking for the text today so I could actually read it. He was like, "Is this going to be another bashing of Grinch?" When <laughs> this was early in the season, when me and Phil were just were rel- rel- relentless on Grinch, and then I have a friend. Um, and he also thought the same thing, right? He's like, you guys are just looking for every excuse, like not to give to just to put Grinch on the hook. <laughs> he finally watched the two lane game. He watched the, the national, the, not the national championship, excuse me, the Pac-12 championship, watched the Pac-12 championship, right? He finally said, man, Grinch is not good. And my brother actually made a good point. He said, is it scheme or is it talent? And then after watching the two-lane game, I could kind of put a percentage on it. I will say a 60% talent, 40% scheme. Mm-hmm. There's still a close margin of scheme and talent. So now they're out getting a bunch of a bunch of transfers, right? Yep. The kid from Oklahoma State. Mason I like Bob. him. It's a big one. The kid from Georgia Southern. He has potential to be really good. That's a diamond in the rough, yeah. right? They now they got the kid from Texas A&M. Yep. I don't think he's that great. I no. Look at him. I don't. Why, he's not. Why don't you like? What do you not like? He's about not him? just like the he's fit. Not, he's not very explosive. Okay. He he's not very explosive, and I don't. And and I I, I should say this. <clears throat> and this is for, just from coaching. When you're not playing explosive, is it because you don't know the defense or you just don't have it? So I, I'm assuming that he was a little bit confused because he's kind of playing like like stutters, like he's jittering, like he's not going. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things. So if that's it and he becomes very explosive, he could become really good. But from yeah. what I see, like film wise, I'm not. He's just a big body. Now, if you put him in the middle and use him like an Armstead, like they did at Oregon. Or like, what's uh, my man who plays at uh, at uh, in Indianapolis? The big guy, the, the big guy. It's Armstead, oh, right? Uh, Buckner. Buckner, the Forrest Buckner. Yeah, if you yeah. use them like that, both and are from they, Oregon. So. <laughs> yeah, like a three tech type, where you're a middle guy. I don't think he's explosive enough to be an in rusher type guy. Now, if you just want to, like a big guy in the middle, I could I can understand why. But yeah. right now, two out of the three guys that they got that I've actually watched, those dudes are going to be good at linebacker. <laughs> those dudes are going to be really good. Well, Alfred, that's we 
I've talked about it a bunch that the the biggest thing in this defense, like we we all thought Grinch was going to be retained at least this year. And the biggest thing you need in this defense, like it or love it, you got to have athletic linebackers. And mm-hmm. love Shane Lee, great dude, great. He's old school linebacker, but he's not a fit in this system and he's coming back. So obviously we'll see what that means. Um, and that's why Gentry for all his faults fit fairly well because he was lengthy. He was athletic. He could kind of cover cover guys. He could play that QB spy. Well, now this Jamil Muhammad, this Mason Cobb, these two backers, they got super athletic. They're almost like Kenneth Murray types that they had back in Oklahoma days. And so I'm not saying it's going to turn this defense into a top, 25 unit or something, but it definitely is going to help in some of their biggest deficiencies. And they can, you know, Mason Cobb can tackle, which is a big thing too. This defense was pretty poor at last year. So, so it definitely will help for sure. We'll see how much. See, and so I, I disagree. I think if, if Mason Cobb and, and you know, I'm terrible with names. Listen, my man from Georgia state, uh, Jamil Muhammad, Jamil Muhammad, if Mason Cobb and Jamil Muhammad could play as one unit and they go and get about two more guys on the interior, you got a very good defense. You got a very good defense talent-wise on paper. Most of your secondary is coming back, right? Now, watch this, and th- and this is just me, and I don't know. Hopefully, it seems like the stuff I used to say, Lincoln Riley used to listen. Run power with Austin Jones, they ran power with Austin Jones. So, hopefully, hopefully. Put Gentry on the edge as an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Use that as like a Bruce Irving for the Seahawks. Like Bruce Irving's not that big. Bruce Irving's only about 230 pounds, yeah. right? Put Gentry on the edge as an edge rusher. Use his speed because he's a fast D lineman, average speed linebacker, right? Use that to your advantage. Like Wait, the so what defense. Do you with? We're, on the, we're on the same page. What do you disagree with? About what? What do you, what do you, you said you disagree? No, you, you, you said, you said that they, you said that you, I think that they could be a top 25 defense. Oh, okay. That's great. I, I do. I, I think they could be what they, I, I should put it like this. What they have is all they have to do is replace a corner. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, they, and they talk got to the good, two. talk to the good people, coach, talk to the good people, because every Trojan fan is going to say, as long as Grinch is here, this can't be good defense. So tell them why with these pieces, with Grinch as the coordinator, this can be a top 25 year. Because I don't disagree with you, but tell the good people why that can happen. Um, the best example I can give you is when Gentry and Goforth was playing together. When Gentry and Goforth played together, the defense was excelling, right? Because <clears throat> it's like the conversation we had with Bobby Wagner going to the Rams. And I was like, it's not a good pickup because he has to play pass coverage in Raheem Morris's defense. And then, like, if it was just a run-stop guy, it's perfect. This isn't a run-stop league anymore. You need guys that could run, but guys that could also tackle. The issue was that they didn't have a guy that could run and tackle. They had Goford, but Goford got hurt. And you saw the decline. You saw the incline in the defense when Goford and Gentry played together. And then once Goford got hurt, you saw the decline. And that's just because personnel-wise, you need so the smaller linebacker that everybody's going to that could also play ca- pass coverage and can tackle. The secondary is amazing, right? I don't know if they're opportunistic or if they're just in the right place or those, or those dudes are all good, right? So all you're doing is replacing one corner from a secondary that had, what, 
13 picks or something like that last year, led the conference in picks. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like now all you have to do is is replace up front. And that's your yeah. biggest issue. And yeah. here's the thing about up front. A lot of the guys that played are coming back. They're they're only losing two guys. And they had a lot they started playing a lot of guys. And Figueroa was okay. He wasn't, you know, a world beater. Tupo yeah. was the guy, right? And I wish him the best of luck in the NFL, but <clears throat> most of those guys are coming back. So you're you got a lot of guys that here's the best thing. And this is what I said about Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley coming to USC. They know the terminology. You only have to teach it to two new people. Hopefully they have a young corner in the system already that's just gonna jump in and play, right? You're teaching well, everyone, two people. Go ahead. Everyone forget, everyone forgets Demonte Jackson, five star recruit, modern day is gonna be a sophomore now. He should be there getting you go. some looks, right? I mean, that, there's a guy that one of the highest recruited corners in the country decommitted from SC and then one Lincoln came to town, recommitted up and <laughs> got, got a little bit of playing time last year, but obviously he, I think he'll have a pretty big role next year as a sophomore. Right. So it, he already knows the terminology. It's they did not do, they, they didn't do a bad job. They were, in fact, they were the number one recruiting class in the transfer portal. Right. So they didn't do a bad job. They went and got the pieces that they needed to go get. If, uh, if the front plays like they played last year, the defense is good. Now, like I said, it's 60-40, right? And some of the scheme is questionable. And like I said the other day, like with the Vikings, the Vikings, there was a tight end on the line of scrimmage, and the Vikings had had a five-man box. And all of a sudden, you see Saquon Barkley running around the corner. Mm-hmm. That's the issue when it starts coming to scheme. Or when you start having guys – we talked about it like last time. When you start having guys like you have to start matching stuff and they don't play the flats and there's they leave the curls wide open. If you don't believe me, ask Utah's tight end, who's probably gonna be a second round draft pick because of one game against USC, right? You leave a lot of holes open. So schematically, that's where it fails. And when you expose Alex's Grinch, Alex Grinch's defense, it really gets exposed, and it's a very long day for for the defense. So the 40% is a lot. If it was 80-20, we could overcome that, right? But yeah. there's some things that you can't overcome in his defense, and he gets exposed. And when he gets exposed, it leads to Utah. It leads to Tulane. You know what I mean? It leads to those games where you should win, but you can't fix it in enough time. So you end up getting a lot of points and giving up a bunch of yards and blowing a 15-point lead. Yeah. I mean, and Tulane, now that the dust is settled – a little bit and I've been able to look back and I'm not saying Grinch deserves praise or anything like that. But when you, when you look back, like guys just weren't making plays at the end of the day. I mean, you're playing to no disrespect to Tulane, but I mean, they're running backs breaking 15 tackles. Every time he touches the ball, they do a simple eight yard slant and it goes for 80 yards because there's two missed tackles on the guy. So yes. And I'm agreeing with you. I agree hundred percent. The scheme can be exposed and, and kudos to Tulane for calling the right plays but at the same time, if you're just missing tackles, I mean. Right, right. And so it comes – right. Like I said, it comes to – it's either players. It's either players or scheme. And, like, one of the good – one of the phrases I was taught a long time ago is, is you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. So, I and, and, and when all is well, I hope that they're able to fix it. If they are able to fix it, we're looking at a top 25 defense, dude. Like, top 25 year two is great, right? And I will say this. I was on 
the boat of throwing Alex Grinch off the plank. And somebody had to walk talk me off the ledge because I was they're like, it just doesn't make any sense to fire him the first year. Because you fire him year one, it doesn't look it doesn't look great on Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Right? You're like, damn, you fired your defense, the defense coordinator the year one. Like, this doesn't look good. Like, give him an opportunity, right? And so Good point. I'm all I'm all for the opportunity. Like, and, and somebody had to pointed it out, pointed out to me. I'm just a defensive guy, so like, I I'm really deep into like what he does on defense, and I'm not happy with it. But it is what it is. Like, good good coordinators fix their issues, so I'm trusting him to fix his issue. But we have to give him another year. We have to give him another opportunity. I haven't looked at the schedule, but hopefully they're non conference games. They have some guys that they have a game that at least challenges them a little bit. You know what I mean? And hopefully they could get the bugs out early. I'm happy with the early loss. Then I'm happy to an early uh, early loss to a competitor than a late loss to to blow opportunities for better games, that better bowl games. Because now now we're on now we're on the on the road of college football playoff. I'll yeah. take a semifinal loss, right? because <laughs> i mean that the progression so now it's college football playoffs so i'll i'll take a loss so yeah I, I i wasn't for him being fired anymore i should say yeah no it makes sense and their schedule is actually fairly tough they play obviously notre dame but then they got nevada and san jose state are the other two non-conference which isn't world beaters but you know it's better than you know the sec's non-conference of playing <laughs> D three schools and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, what, what was, I think frustrating and then we can move on, but was frustrating about Grinch last year is I thought they really kind of figured it out towards the end of the year. And obviously they played some bad teams like Colorado, but against Notre Dame, you know, I was at that game obviously in the press box and the defense played pretty, pretty damn good against Notre Dame. I mean, they gave up some yards here and there and obviously Notre Dame had had a fairly good offense uh, but the defense I thought played fairly well. So then to see them against Utah and then against Tulane, that's where it was like, wow, how do we just have this regression after this kind of getting things on track towards the end of the year, right when they needed to. But now you have the whole off season, you have these new pieces that we've been talking about that are pieces that were officially recruited by this system. Because remember when they, when Lincoln and Grinson came here, obviously they got some transfers right when they moved over here, but a lot of it was guys that were here and trying to fit pieces in, you know, square pegs and round holes. And so now I think we'll see hopefully that, um, that difference in having the full off season together and also bringing guys in that you really want that fit. So, um, you know, I'm here for it because Grinch is here. So let's not everyone out there that wants to buy humbug and, and be upset about it. it is what it is. Let's make the best of it and see if we can get this unit to the top 25. Like you said, Right, you can only control what you control, and like I said, it looks like they're putting the right pieces. And and the linebacker, what believe it or not, the linebacker was the the missing piece. The linebacker was the issue, and they went and got two guys. You know what I mean? They got a they got a Big Twelve guy to play in his defense, which he probably understands very well. And they went and got a, a Georgia State guy. I don't, I mean, but when just look at him, the dude could move. He were, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Khalil Mack. I see a lot of Khalil Mack and Muhammad. So hopefully we can get that and make it happen. Um, but, yeah, like you said, let's roll. Like, he's our guy. Nothing you can do about it. It's kind of like this. he's our quarterback. Let's go. Let's do it. So it is. we can't fire him. We got to go through a season. Let's get through spring. 
And the goal should be college football playoff this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. So, and, and Jamal, my my host, and obviously Noam has he said this when we were talking on one of our last shows. I thought it was a good point that when you have a coach like Lincoln Riley that is based, I mean, he's running the show, right? He, he's making twelve million a year. He is the face of USC, not just sports, but athletics. Let's be honest. He runs mm-hmm. it. Mike Bones, the AD, technically his boss, but Lincoln Riley is the head honcho. So Mike Bone probably has over Lincoln Riley's tenure, whether it's five years, six years, 10 years, like two to three real times where he can go in and kind of play boss and say, hey, you need to do this. And doing it in year one about your defensive coordinator was probably not the right time to use that use that card. Save that for later down the line <laughs> when, you've been, when he's been here longer. So I thought that was an interesting point as well. And and I think a lot of the gripes right now are just porch barking. You know what I mean? Like dogs barking on the porch. You know, like they're 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 happy to see the success, but they want everything to be so perfect right now with USC that it can't be perfect right now. Like, and you have to understand that. Like, like guys, we were four in four a four win team last year. We're now eleven win team. Well, not even <laughs> not even just you know what a- I mean? Not even just a four-win team last year, but essentially a dumpster fire for a decade outside of that one Rose Bowl win that that Helton kind of pulled out of his ass. So really just a bad program for 10 years. And to go from a bad program for 10 years to back essentially the final week of the season being in the culture ball playoff, I mean, to me, it's remarkable still. Right. And and we understand the, the dumpster fire was not SC's fault. But we won't get in that. Yeah. That, that yeah. that's a that's a slack conversation for a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but yeah, definitely moving forward. So number thirteen comes back. The last person to ever do it was Archie Griffin. The last person to ever do it was Archie Griffin. Back to back. Does thirteen win another Heisman? Oh man, so hard to do, so hard to do. But I think. Let me say this. I think we haven't even yet seen the best Caleb Williams. So whether he statistically does more to win a Heisman or someone else has like a, a phenomenal turnaround, but I think we, I think he can get even better than what he did this year, which is impressive. So I, I yeah, I think he can. I'll say yes. I think we can see another Heisman out of Caleb back to back. And it's very possible. And I don't disagree at all. Do you know what Caleb Williams' biggest flaw is? It's pocket he's presence. Too, he's too smart. Too smart. Okay. He knows this offense inside and out. Like, and so there's times where he's not happy with the play call yep. and he thinks he knows better. That's going to be his biggest flaw. And I think this year, being his last year, like we're not going to sugarcoat it. This is his last year at USC. This year being his last year, I feel like there will be some play call changes that Lincoln doesn't make or does not approve. Or or I should say this. I recant that statement. Lincoln does give him the ability to audible, but I think he's going to audible to where he's, he's, he's still a kid to like – I know what's better. I want to audible to this because I like this and it's going to cost her. He'll have more turnovers this year than he did last year, but he'll mm-hmm. still be, he'll still be amazing because he's going to, 
show that he knows what he's doing. And it's not a bad thing. It's one of those things like you just you're just way advancing your game, but you got to understand that these defensive coordinators have been doing it longer than you. So yeah. you're smarter than a college player, but you're not smarter than a DC. Right? So there's something they're showing just because they're showing you that doesn't mean that's what it's going to be. Yep. It's not going to take the fact that he's probably going to be the top quarterback taken. It's not going to take the fact that we're going to have to fight Everybody comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, which we will not do on the show. I don't compare <laughs> players. I, I, he, he, I will say he reminds me of. He, he does have some remnants of Patrick Mahomes. He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes, but Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams. He does not have to live up to Patrick Mahomes type. I'm not going to yep. do that to that kid. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that, and I, don't, I don't think it's fair. But he will be the number one quarterback taken next year. He will play out of his mind. He has to make the college. He has. I mean, I know like he has to make he has to win the Pac-12 championship and he has he has to win the Pac-12 championship this upcoming year for him to win the Heisman again. Like there's no. And what's what's annoying to me, but voters seem to once you've won it. You have to then even the next year, if you're the best player in the country again, you have to have supplanted your last year's accomplishments. And like you said, your team has to supplant last year's accomplishment. We've seen it in USC history with players that have had the opportunity for back-to-back and they finished like third in the voting because they didn't quite hit those same marks or whatever. So yeah, I agree with you. I mean, USC is going to have to win the pack. It's going to probably have to be in the college football playoff and he's going to have to put up 50 touchdowns. Right. Right. And he's, he's going to have to have a Reggie Bush game. Reggie Bush Fresno State game. He needs one of those Reggie Bush Fresno State games for sure to 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 stamp it, right? Who, and who and I'm putting you on the spot because I don't know, but who are the other QBs in the league that can compete with him? Because obviously, everyone that was in the running this year is all going to the draft: Duggan, Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levies. Like, who are the guys, the up and coming guys that could even challenge him? Is you got a lot uh, in the Pac-12. I mean, you got you got Michael Penix Jr., who should have been, in, I think, a finalist in my opinion, out of Washington. I mean, you lead the league, you lead the entire college football in touchdowns. You aren't even a finalist. Like that was disrespectful. Uh, you know, you got I, I don't know if Jason Delore is there yet, but I mean, he's got a lot of talent. Obviously, Cam Rising coming back for like his twentieth year at Utah. So I mean, <laughs> it might be the guys in in the Pac-12 that are his biggest competition for the Heisman. Because I don't. Again, I'm not. This is we're sitting here in January. I haven't looked at the college right. landscape going in the next year in totality, but all the top QBs are leaving minus Caleb Williams. So in reality, when you peel it back, like it's it's his to win. The, the, if the Tennessee quarterback is coming off injury, though, right? Yeah, Hendon Hooker. Yeah, he's coming off a yeah. pretty, pretty ACL big injury, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, but he so he's coming back off ACL. I'm trying to I'm trying to scour the landscape. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a dark horse you have. Obviously, um, what's his name is returning to org. I mean, dude, it's the Pac-12. DJ, uh, oh, Nick, I'm, I'm gonna butcher. His, I'm gonna butcher his name. DJ from Clemson, Oregon State. Ugalele, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you got Bo Nix at Oregon. I mean, it's it's all in the pack. Uh, I will AJ say this. McCarthy maybe from Michigan, maybe. Well, the quarterback that's supposed to be the start at Alabama is pretty good. Yeah. I'm so not they're sure. going. They, they they're going. Yeah. Have. But he's not a he's not a thrower. He's a runner, so 
he might have some learning curves to deal with, but uh, he played a couple of games last year. But yeah, when, you know, when, uh, Bryson was hurt. Yeah, yeah. So you know He'll they're gonna throw, they're gonna throw him up there just because he plays for Alabama and SEC. But you're right, like it's Bo Nix, DJ Ukulele, uh, Hooker, Cam Rising. Uyungle, did, Uyungle, I think it's Uyungle. Yeah, did <laughs> did the Washington State quarterback go with the coach to Texas State? So Washington State's OC uh, yeah. got a head coaching job at Texas State. So did yeah. he go with him? Because he came with him from UIW. I don't remember, actually. I have to look into that. So <laughs> Shoot, if that running back I is think, coming back from I think Washington, Washington, I think he's still Washington State, I'm pretty sure. I got you. If that running back is coming back from Washington State, shit, he needs to be in the running for the Heisman because that dude ran the ball all throughout the league. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Here's the thing the Pac 12 was down for so long because SC was down. And then other schools started coming to California, started cheating and started taking out the pipeline. Now the Pac 12 is back. And they're competitive yeah. like they used to be competitive. And people don't understand. They got so used to SEC like, oh, only two teams are good in the whole conference. And they should go undefeated and play each other in the conference championship. And that team should have one loss. That's competitive. No, that's not competitive. Competitive is any Saturday, you could walk into any stadium in a small town like Corvallis, like Pullman, or play in Seattle where your stadium's on, where your stadium's on a lake and then – Every time they start barking, it echoes off the lake and comes right back in, and it's hard to hear, you know what I mean, or playing at Elevation in Utah. People didn't respect the Elevation in Utah until Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley played there. Like, seriously, (laughs) like, what's going on? Or they don't understand that Arizona's hot as hell, and when we played Arizona State, we had to play at noon. Erickson made you play it at noon. If you want to come see us, come play us at noon, right? The Pac-12 is very, very competitive, and you could go into any stadium any week, and you can lose. Like, doesn't matter who you are. If you don't believe me, go look back at Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush when they had those teams. There was games where they were dogfights, right? Cal, Arizona State, Washington State had one year where they were good, and they gave a dogfight, right? We lost. We never won in Oregon. When I was at SC, we never there was like five years where we just did not win in Oregon. Doesn't matter what Oregon was, Oregon State or Oregon, right? Because Corvallis is loud. The Pac-12 wow. is very, very, very competitive, and people Dude, don't la- understand that. Last year, because Corvallis, they're they're re- renovating their stadium. The SC game, it was like thirty thousand people, and it was loud as hell. And right, it was like and the whole tiny stadium because they're renovating it. And the article came out like. Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams didn't expect that from Corvallis. Like, <laughs> you should have asked, bro. <laughs> like, I could, I could legit tell you. Like, and it's the same thing in Pullman. It's the same thing in Washington. The only stadium, the only two schools that have fan issues are Stanford and Cal, right? You're going to say Stanford and Cal. Sorry, Jamal. But regardless of that, like. The rest of the conference, they have fans show up. Tucson, their fans show up in Tucson, and they're crazy in Tucson. Zona Zoo, the Zona Zoo. Yeah, like that's the most Southwest you could possibly get. Like, and you start to get a little remnant to Texas, and <laughs> a little bit of that in Tucson. So, like, the like Pac-12 is is very very competitive. I think the best thing that happened for the Pac-12 is Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Yeah, right. 
Them coming in and be like, what'd you say? And now they're leaving in a year. <laughs> well, yeah, that's unfortunate. That you're right, because they're going to the Big Ten. So, but this year they'll still get their credit that they'll get because it's like they're saying, like, when they go and they talk about it, like, we didn't know Corvallis was this loud. We didn't know the elevation would do that to us in Utah. We didn't know this. We didn't know that. And people were looking like, huh, it's not as easy as as, as people make it seem, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Fred, guess who else is going to be pretty damn good this year? Who's that? Colorado is going to be pretty good this year. I don't. I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. But I, they'll definitely be better than one win. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they'll be better than one win. They'll win four. Like the only place they could go is up. But I, I won't believe it when I see it. It's a little, a little different from Jackson State. Like, like everybody thinks they're going to be a pro until they figure out they're not a pro. Yep. So if I'm not playing, I'm not a pro. I'm transferring. Like. Dion, you can't keep me here. I'm sorry. Like, I'm trying to be a pro. So, it, it's a little – we'll see. I'm not yeah. not saying he can't do it, but I want to see it. But you're right. Colorado will be better, and Colorado is not – that's why you got excited about that because you're a Colorado guy. I'm not a fan, though. I mean, <laughs> but we got we got Colorado at the color this year, so it'll be fun. We got Dion in L.A. We got prime yeah. time in L.A. this year. You might get a Michael Irvin appearance. We'll get. I think we'll get a lot of appearances at that game. That should be celebrity. Yeah. I mean, every game's got celebrities, but that one will be celebrities galore. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of celebrities coming out, but that's events. But that that that's that's the that's the state, in my opinion. That's the state of the Trojans, right? Let's see what Alex Grinch does. Caleb Williams just has to be Caleb Williams. I love the transfers, man, and I think the progression. The Trojans are trending up, and the problem with trending up the way they trended up was. They were a game away from the college football semifinal, right? So trending up leads to the national championship. Yep. You know, so with the 12, and they're going to be in the Big Ten. I mean, if we really want to break down the Big Ten, it's Ohio State. Everybody else, we could – too big, two game. the game's too big for Penn State. We know how they're doing big games. We don't know what Michigan team will show up, the really good one or the one that just lays an egg. Yep. The rest of them we could talk about. The, now, we'll tell you one team I am worried about in the Big Ten is Minnesota because they're coached very well and they yeah. prepare for situations. But yeah, like, like other PJ than that, Fleck a lot. I like yeah. PJ Fleck a lot. But, but yeah, you can't tell me Iowa is better than Washington or Oregon or Utah or come on. So USC yeah. is going to be, USC is going to be, I mean, this year, Alfred, or uh, yeah, we can, we can wrap up here. But this year, most likely, if they keep the divisions how they are, most likely UCLA and USC will be in the uh, Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. And so this season, they would have finished one and two. USC would have been in the the Big Ten championship game playing Michigan. So <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's good. anyone should be that worried about going to the Big Ten. You're going to have an easier, easier time than the Pac-12. No, definitely. So it all works. But, yeah, like I said, the state of the Trojans are great. They're trending up, and an upward trend is leading to a national championship. I'm not worried about it. Hopefully, we have a good spring. Hopefully, Ryan can pull his strings and we can get out to the spring game this season. Oh, we'll be there. We'll be there. We should do a, bro- a broadcast from the spring game. It might be something we're talking about, too. Mm-hmm. We'll put that in the think tank, but definitely. Make it happen. You got anything else to close, Ryan? No. I, I, 
you know, I think there's a lot of positives for this program where they're at and um, excited to put 2022 behind us and move into 2023 with, with everything we talked about and all the expectations. And, you know, I think we'll still see some, some transfers come in here. Um, I, I, not to end this on a, a sour note, but I'm sure you saw Kyle Ford flipping and transferring to UCLA playing across the, across the ways. I was, you know, did he? Tr- oh, you didn't see? Did, I haven't seen that. When did that happen? Like two hours before we we jumped on here. So, oh yeah, Ka- no! I was the big I I I love Brandon Kyle Rice Ford. and Kyle Ford. I was the biggest fan, man. Yeah, man, he, and, he's, and, uh, he's going to Westwood. So that's crazy. Is man Kyle 70, Ford is seventy yards in a tutty against UCLA, and now he's on their yeah. squad. So he's going to be the most year. successful pro out of all them dudes. Watch. Yeah, he's got he's got such a good body size. So yeah. Um, Bummed to see that, but I think we'll see. I think we'll see some more transfers, and obviously got signing day in February again. So, uh, yeah. a lot of things to be excited about USC, Alfred. Definitely, I'm not worried. Like I said, and we can make we're making progression, not regression. Love the hire, like I did a year ago when I was so excited. So hopefully, we keep moving forward and we keep fighting on. Ryan, I appreciate you for joining me on the show. I'll get a host for you guys soon, man. But I love it. I love to have you. Hopefully, we get Jamal on here one day. <laughs> that would be really great. This was the yes, Bet sir. Online Salute to Troy show presented to you by LAFB. It was always good. You know how it goes. Live free. Fight on. We'll see you guys.